So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Kevin Palmieri with nextleveluniverse.com. And what we're going to be talking about is overcoming business growth bottlenecks. And the reason that we really wanted to address this today is because as businesses go from, you know, hey, I had an idea to, hey, I have a business to, hey, it can pay for my life to, hey, this is an amazing financial engine that generates you know, enormous amounts of cash flow. There's a number of bottlenecks you have to go through. And at least one of the things that I found is that a lot of people will talk about the end state. Oh, hey, I've got this business. It's producing so much money, so much cash flow. I have such an amazing lifestyle. I travel everywhere. I can work from my computer, all this kind of stuff. That's great. That doesn't happen right away. <laughs> and so getting there is a little more involved of a process than a lot of the gurus would like you to think. So what I want to do is inject a little bit of authentic reality into the situation here. So anyway, Kevin, introduce yourself. Don't let me talk too much and let's get the conversation going. Well, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. I'm Kevin Palmieri. I am the host, co-founder, and CFO of Next Level University. We're a global top 100 podcast, listeners in 125 plus countries, and we just crossed our thousandth episode last week or two weeks ago. The week's just ending. Men together at this point. Outstanding. So anyway, tell me about some of the bottlenecks that you encountered on your growth path and how did you overcome them? And or what were some of the blunders that you experienced that you would like to help other people to skillfully avoid? Yeah, I think the biggest one and the one that I've seen in many people, especially early on, is when you get to the point where you're ready to delegate and yeah. or hire and bring people on. That's when I think a lot of people go wrong because my belief and my understanding and what I have practiced is if somebody can do something 75 to 80% to the level I can, and I can go do something to 100% of another level, yeah. that's way better than me doing it 100%. Uh-huh. That's always been an important belief that I have had where, yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day, but if you can bring on, and another part of that is lead, bring on and lead a team, your 24 hours a day gets multiplied by one, three, five, 10, depending on how many people you have with you. I do think one of the biggest things is most human beings struggle to lead beyond what they have proven. Uh So I think that a little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest bottlenecks is when you bring somebody on, you can only lead them to the level that you've gotten to. And I use the word lead by example often. If you haven't led your life in more than one arena, so you might understand finance at a very deep level. Okay, what about productivity? What about human psychology? What about rest and relaxation? What about fulfillment? The more you understand from a holistic perspective, I think the better leader you can be. And that's when things really start to shift because you're pouring into people who are becoming more competent and that's bringing you bigger results. So that's a big one I see. Another one I see is, and this is, it depends on the person, but I find a lot of people who think it's just going to work. To your point, Doug, in the intro, a lot of people I talk to are like, well, I know it's going to work. I know it's just like the the right things haven't happened yet, or I know eventually it's all going to align. 
And my question is always, okay, well, what are you doing and what are you measuring to understand if you're actually going to make progress? Because I know on social media, a lot of people say like, just make sure you do what you love and it'll work eventually. And that's just not true, right? That's just not the way it works. If that was the case, you know, 90% of businesses wouldn't go out of business. So I think that's another thing is like really honing your expectations and figuring out, okay, what is actually a real expectation for one year, one year, three, year five, whatever, first client that. Uh And the last thing I would say is self-awareness. I think many people, when they start business, they think they're really good at something. And usually that's not necessarily what they're really good at. So I think you really have to look inward and figure out, yeah, I'm a great speaker or I'm a great, I'm great with delivery. I'm, I'm great talking one-on-one to the client, but I'm not good at measuring KPIs. I'm not good at setting up the future. I'm not really the visionary here. I think that would save people a lot of trouble and struggle. Interesting. Well, okay. So, so now I think there's a couple of things you said that I'd like to unpack a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one where you're talking about bringing on help, you know, finding somebody who could do something 70, 80% as well as you can. And I think there's a, I guess I would say a tangent or related aspect to that, which is that in order to do that, in order to multiply your efforts without taking on debt, you have to be able to grow your revenue without multiplying your efforts. Yeah. And I think that's an area that I think a lot of businesses struggle with. Basically, what that means is that you essentially, you have to grow your revenue base up to a certain point before you can start to bring on people to multiply your efforts. And so what that means is that you will inevitably get yourself to where you're basically burning yourself out just because that's the only way that you can grow a small business to the point where you can get enough revenue. You know, if it's just you to have generate enough revenue to where you can bring, you start bringing on help and multiplying efforts. Yeah. I see that as one of the places that a lot, where a lot of businesses struggle. You know, I'll just be completely honest. That's one of the places I kind of struggle a little bit is to say, okay, you know, I'm very clearly gating my growth because there's a limit to how much I want to invest in multiplying efforts when I don't have enough revenues to offset all those costs. Yeah. Or all yeah, those no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, one of the things, and it depends, right? It depends on the business you're in. Yeah. So we're in a purely digital, there's no office. Our overhead is relatively low. Like obviously we have yeah. things before services and whatnot, but one of the things that we did early on yeah. was we exchanged coaching for contracting. Okay. That's one of the things so, we did. So if you're so like, unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah. Yeah. So our brand in the very beginning was we basically help people. It was life coaching in a nutshell. It was life coaching in a nutshell. And what would happen is somebody might reach out to us for coaching and we would say, well, our rate is blank amount per hour. And they would say, okay, that's something I can do. That's something I can't do, whatever. Yeah. But if we felt that that person was a good fit for something that we were looking to do, we yeah. might say something like, hey, Doug, what if we did something like this where you came and worked with us for X amount of hours per week and you got coaching by Kevin and Alan every single week? Is yeah. that something that you would feel is aligned? And that really, really helped our culture gotcha. you know, in so many ways. So that is something, depending on where your business is at, you know, that's something you can always think of and get creative. Well, but so, so yeah, uh, tell me about, so you said that really helped your culture. Kind of walk me through yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. So every single, we have a 16 person team right now. Every single person on our team tracks a minimum of 12 habits a day. Uh huh. So everybody, we have a, a dashboard where Doug, you can log in and you can see what Kevin is doing on the day to day. Did Kevin do all of his habits? Did he not do all of his habits? 
So not only have we built the culture of vulnerability, transparency, but we've built the culture of every one of us is here not only to grow the mission, but to get a little bit better every single day. Yeah. We're so when you say tracking habits, are you talking about things like outbound calls, recorded interviews, uh, kind of social posts, content pieces? Kind of, I'm just curious, what, what are yeah. some of the things you track? And then it could be pretty, pretty simplistic Google spreadsheet. You know, there's the nerdy part of my brain is thinking <laughs> about creating an HTML for, you know, it's creating an input form, feeding it into a model and then feeding it out to like power, to Microsoft Power BI, which is probably overkill, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're very much spreadsheets. So yeah, okay. we're not too crazy with any of that yet. We are developing an app for that. But one of so this is one of our beliefs. And this is where I think uh-huh. it's somewhat new school, new age. Out of the 12 habits people are tracking, only one or two is for the business. The rest is like, I want you to have a, a courageous conversation with your partner. I uh-huh. want you to do that because that's going to help you as a human being. So as an example, one of them might be number of interviews booked for Kevin. That might be a KPI. But along with the other ones, it's write 10 pages in my book. It's consume yeah. 45 minutes of self-improvement content, exercise, whatever it may be. So our approach really is like holistic. I want you to do well here, of course, and uh-huh. I want you to be productive. But when you're not here, I want you to be bettering yourself regardless of if you decide to leave. I think that's very important. And that's where the culture is, right? When we have something we call lonely land. When you get to a certain level of growth, yeah. oftentimes you start to outgrow friends and family and partners. Yeah. That's part of our culture is like, look, we've all been through that. We've yeah. all been through that. So there's, it's a culture of there's friend Kevin who you can reach out to and say, hey, I'm going through this. And then there's business Kevin who says, hey, we have to do better when we're doing this client delivery stuff. Like This is a giant part of the business. And I just think it helps the culture knowing that I have your best interests at hand. Yeah from a human evolution standpoint, just as much as from the business. So I think that a really resonates me. And I think what you're talking about, I feel that's a big part of the future world-class business construct. The reason being that, uh, and so I'm going to go on, I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent rant here, but it's my podcast or whatever. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I think we are seeing right now is I should preface all this by saying, right, you know, I was a, my background, kind of my ethos is very much as a libertarian minded Austrian economist, free market type of person. And that's still the way that I view the world. However, one of the things that's happened, I think, with technology that's been accelerating lately is you have a compounding winner take all effect. And so, for example, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would be willing to bet a whole lot of money that, say, like in the recording industry, Taylor Swift, extremely popular artist, I would be willing to bet that she has earned more money than the bottom 95% of all recording artists throughout the history of time combined. Mm-hmm. Now, what ends up happening is the one person who is the most popular, almost everything skews toward them. And what's happening is that effect doesn't just take, a, take place in music. It doesn't just take place in, mu- in movies. That effect is finding its way into almost every single facet of life. Well, so now what's, what's happening and what I think we're starting to see right now is a, you know, seeing a combination of very heavy resource depletion, either from, from power to drive crypto or from, you know, from extracting hydro- hydrocarbons or like the drain that's happening on Lake Mead or the Colorado River or all these types of things. We're seeing heavy resource depletion. We're also seeing 
extreme income disparity that's getting more extreme. And so there's a part of me that's concerned that we're going to start seeing potentially seeing riots and things like that, you know, just because there's so much widespread discontent over all of this. And kind of how this is getting back to that business construct is that I think that in order for people to really live their best life, you know, there needs to be that holistic understanding because, you know, the old, old way, I'm a Gen Xer. So, you know, Gen Xers all grew up, okay, you have your work life and your personal life. And, you know, your personal life starts when your work life stops. Don't take your personal life into work. Don't take your work life into your personal life. That's nonsense. You have one life and all of it affects all of it. And I think there is a emerging realization of that. But I think in order to really live that full life, you need to be doing something either self-directed or in partnership with a company or other people who all really recognize that. Otherwise, you'll be constantly fighting against it. So anyway, I just said a whole lot. Let me know your thoughts. <laughs> I agree very much. I mean, to the point that it's like if you're working somewhere for 40 hours a week, I almost feel it's the employer's responsibility to help you get better outside of work. Uh -huh. I really do believe that. Like, best case scenario, and I know it's a giant pain and bringing people in, it yeah. sucks and it's hard, but best case scenario, somebody on our team learns something that it then allows them to go get their dream job if that's somewhere else. Like, that's what I want for them. Uh -huh. That's what I want. And I think that to your point, we're in a different age where I don't think you can get away with leading just based on knowledge. I think people think now, like, why should I listen to you? I understand yeah. you write the check, but you're not doing, and you may have never done any of the work that I'm doing. And I think that that's an important thing where even when I said earlier, it's very hard to lead by example if you can't lead holistically. That's that, that part of I mean, I track the same habits every day I have for the last couple of years. Everybody can see it. So our belief, and I know this isn't every belief of the business, but our belief is it's not necessarily supposed to get easier. Uh -huh. That's a belief that oh. I have. Oh, unpack that a little bit for me, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, of course. Our goal is to have the most successful self-improvement brand in history. Uh -huh. So what I'm playing for is not to automate so I can just get passive income. That's ne not necessarily what I want. So how do I become the most capable version of myself, thus being able to lead the most capable version of others? That's the game that we're playing. And that's what we're really trying to lean into. And I think that it's, I feel like it's our responsibility. When you come on the team, yeah. it's my responsibility to help you get better. And I can't help you get better if I'm not getting better myself. And I think it's just never ending growth is the way to make a universe denting business. That completely resonates. That fully resonates. I mean, and yeah, it's, you know, and because the thing too is that, right, you know, there's always, you know, anytime you go through a growth phase, right, you know, at some point you'll kind of hit a wall and that mm -hmm. wall is going to require some kind of behavior or decision changes in order to move to that, that next level. And I think that, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, I know just speaking for myself, a lot of those changes are really uncomfortable. And the part that I struggle with is that a lot of times those changes will impact other people in your life. It doesn't just impact you. And so I think when you have changes that you need to make in order to get to that next level, and you need to get other people in your life, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your family, who, you know, friends, whoever, you need to get them on board or change or sever relationships. I think at least I think I, I find that to be the hardest part of this whole equation. Yeah. It's you know, because it's like, you know, if there's something I have to do, go do it. Here's the formula. That's not very hard. It's just turning the crank, turning the crank isn't tough. What's tough is making tough decisions that will impact other people 
and then either bringing them on board without kind of semi-coercing or guilting them. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, you know, trying to guilt people into compliance is not a very effective way to live or have a a successful organization. Mm -hmm. And then going through all that, I think that's what I feel is the most challenging. You know, I may just be projecting my experience on the conversation here, but... I've seen that a lot, like a lot with a team. I have a, I always say this, this is my, my preframe. I have a weird relationship with relationships. For me, it's like, I'm going to go do my thing. And Uh there's very few people I care about their opinion. I, that just is the way I've been wired because of my childhood and the way I was raised. But what I will say is when my fiance and I got together, we made each other a promise. She said, you have to promise me. You'll never force me to be an entrepreneur. I said, okay. you're, you're good, no stress. And I said, you have to promise me you'll never try to get me to stop podcasting because I'd have to leave. Like, this is my mission. I don't, this is what I love doing. This is what I was put yeah. here to do. Gotcha. So I, that's a part of it too. But to your point, Doug, I definitely understand that when you start something, you don't necessarily understand the level of growth it will require to get to where you want to go. And that's where things get a little weird is like, well, my friends aren't having to learn what I'm learning because they're not trying to grow their business. So what I always say, we, we call it the vulnerable problem solver. So something along the lines of, and it works if somebody's like kind of looking down on your dreams, but something yeah. along the lines of, hey, Doug, I know you want what's best for me and I know you want to support me, but the way that I receive a support is you pouring air into my sails and pouring water into my cup and telling me that you're here for the long run and you understand that I won't be as accessible as other people. And and this is the mission. And this is why I'm so in on this. Is that something you think you can support? Having that conversation while uncomfortable is one of the most important things in the world. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, let's see. Okay. I think we've got a little bit of field of our initial topic, but not really (laughs) because at least one of the things that I found is, you know, I'm ordinarily kind of a business focused guy, but to, to your point, the more I've kind of really been digging in holistically, the more I found out that big roadblock, I think that a lot of people deal with is not how to solve business problems, because frankly, most of them aren't that complicated. Mm. It's how to keep the rest of your life from falling apart while you're solving those business problems. That's the real trick. Mm. Yeah. I would say, I would say you treat your life like a business. If you're tracking business KPIs and you're not tracking real life KPIs, I would argue that you're designing your business better than you're designing your yeah. life. So to your point, Doug, most of my things that I track every day, like out of the yeah. 20 things I track, three of them are business, 17 is health, wealth, and love. That's how oh, we okay. break it up. So can you let us know what your KPIs are? Um, yep. You know, Partly self-interested, but I'm sure everybody who's listening is like, okay, let us know what they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so number one is number of podcasts. So number of podcast episodes. Uh-huh. Right, so I'm over thirteen hundred between our show and other shows. Okay. Gross revenue, current so, gross revenue. So, do you count how many guests, how many you've recorded, either as a guest or a host? Yes. Okay, Number anytime it. my face is graced a podcast, that's what I. <laughs> that's what I do. Gotcha. So then we we have total gross income. Okay. And we have that, and then the last thing I do is podcast listens. Those are okay. the three things that I'm looking at every single day. So one is growing the show and meeting other people. One is how much money is coming into the business. And the other one is all things considered. How well is the podcast doing? Is it growing at the rate that we think it should? Those are the three main ones. And then all my other habits are just health, wealth, and love related, whether it's fitness, relationship, learning. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, so Kevin, it's been a wonderful conversation. Give us one to two uh, kind of last thoughts and then throw out your website one more time so people know where to find you so they can sign up for your newsletter. Yeah. I think my main thought and what you and I were talking about today is if you really, really want to be a great leader, you have to lead by example and you can only lead to the example that you're living in your own life. So really treat your life like a business, measure the right things and pour Uh into the right cups. That's what I would say. That would be the last thing I'd say. And yeah, our podcast is Next Level University, all the major podcast platforms, YouTube. And then if you want to reach out to me, my handle on Instagram is at neverquitkid. Outstanding. Kevin, really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you, Doug. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.